Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Yeah, tonight is a very special night. I know it. That's what I sense. And what's special about it is not what's going to happen tonight, but what's going to happen after now. As a result, I'm believing God for some hectic fruit from this message because I think God has been speaking to us and now it's getting clearer and clearer here at Word Alive. My name is Mose. I'm your teacher tonight again. Such a great privilege and honor to be able to share this gospel. Amen. Uh, today and yesterday and today we had birthdays in our family. Yes. Yesterday was Angela's birthday and today is Paula's birthday. So, Paula and Angela, I wish you a happy birthday. Come on now. The parties will come later and you'll probably not know where they are until unless you are on their list of invitations and looking around I see many of you are not on their list of invitations. Yes. Hey. There are no tickets. The invitation is by word of mouth. How's it been so far? Day four, come on now. Hey. Is your energy with you or you're like looking for it? Or why it's looking for you? Wow. Today I want us to talk about the Lord's house. The Lord's house. This is a very important message. So if you are one of those people that even after Pastor B3 has asked you three times, you haven't shared the link on all the groups of your enemies, frenemies, and other such, please, you can guide and share. Now, I know there are people who are watching together in different places. I know there are people in Wairaka watching. We send you greetings. The other people didn't tell me whether there are people watching together. I only saw Wairaka. So, Arua, hey, Washpavest Arua, Washpavest Ginger, thank you for joining us. Other people are watching in their house, uh, but tonight we are talking about the Lord's house, amen. And uh, we started, so let me go back to that little scripture that is encouraging us in Isaiah 66 verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 66. Let's read it together. That says the Lord. Uh huh. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? This is God asking these people. Saying, you think you can do anything for me? On your little pea. 
P-E-A, Dr. Emmanuel. Cow P. Okay, on your little cow P. Even that doesn't help because. <laughs> yeah. On your little cow P. Let's take it as it is. <laughs> and then he says in verse 2. For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one I will look. There is a particular kind of person where God says, I'm going to come from wherever I am and come and land on your little pea, cow pea and, and have a conversation and talk to you and become your friend. And call you my own. And pour my spirit upon you. Did you hear that message in the morning? Incredibly powerful message by Pastor Angela. And pour my spirit upon you so that you become mine. On, who, on him who is poor. And of a contrite spirit. And who trembles at my word. So then what are we doing this week? Since it's word alive. We are going back to all the different prophetic words God has given us, even as they give me a little bit more monitor because I hear myself bouncing off the wall, those ends. Looking at the words that God has given us, okay, too hot. You can just pull it back a little. Looking at the different things that God has spoken and going back to quote-unquote tremble at his word. Amen. Jesus, while teaching in, in the, what is called the Beatitudes, teaches in Matthew 5, 3. And what does he say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Take back to Isaiah 66, 2, so that you see the connection. But on this one, I will look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit. One who is poor in spirit. What does he say? And who trembles at my word. That one I will come and look. He says theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine someone comes and says, have you heard of heaven? Have you heard of the kingdom of heaven? The one which has a king. The king being God. They can say that you know that kingdom. It's now your words. Like, eh? What what do you mean? What do you mean? It's mine. He says, but you are an heir of God. If you are an heir of the king of the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's yours. I like, wait a minute. Let's be real. How does that happen? I say, no, 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 no. Believe it. It is yours. Why? You tremble at his word. Now, the thing is, we have alternatives. The world has, we've been given lots of alternatives. Instead of trembling at his word, we have all these other things to pursue in life. 
And so every day you are being tempted. Jesus said that the, the, the wide gate, wide is the road. Huh? That leads to what? To destruction. But narrow is the gate and difficult is the road that leads to life. Now people mostly make reference to that when talking about salvation. That's just one of them. There is no hell and heaven in that verse. That verse is about everyday life and the choices you make. And it's saying that most people choose make bad choices. Very few people make the right choices. Because those right choices are both narrow and difficult. Hallelujah. And this, tonight, tonight, I want to help you see one of the few good choices you could make in your life. Are you with me? Because few people make the right choices. And because that's not the message I'm preaching, and so I don't have to go to the scriptures to prove to you that that's what the scripture is about. Anyway, Jesus said, whoever takes his life will what? Lose it. That's a bad choice. But whoever loses his life for my sake will? Will live. Will find it. That's a good choice. Losing to gain. As opposed to finding, holding to lose. And most people, really what they do with this short life of theirs on earth is to hold to lose. And the choices are not so, so complicated. It's just binary. Life is binary. Two legs, two hands, two nostrils, two ears. Everything is binary, binary. Good, bad, black, white, up, down, in, out, deep, shallow. It's all binary. So even when it comes to making choices, it's simply a binary system. Will I live for myself? Where my life is primarily about me, or will I live for God? Where my life is primarily about other people. That's a hard, difficult road. But whoever finds it, finds true life. And this one, most people, 99.9% of the people are living for this one. That's why there is very little significance in the world today. People seem successful, but they are, there is nothing to it. Even now, you don't know your ancestors of 100 years ago. You, you don't know yours. Why should I know? If you don't know yours, why should I know them? I can tell you that the only people in your lineage who are known are the ones who lived for other causes other than themselves. And mostly if they were people of the gospel or public service. It's purely that. That's all. Everything outside that, they made a lot of money, they had that land that no one remembers. Yeah. And if you make that bad choice and live like that, you deserve to be forgotten equally. I'm still introducing my message tonight. So don't shut me down at introduction level. Yeah. 
So that, 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 that the gate is wide, the road is wide, and everyone is in it. Traffic jammed the whole time. Traffic jammed. And this other one of, it's, I'm not going to live my own life for myself. It's not just about my salvation, it's about other people's salvation. It's not about my marriage, it's about other people's marriage. It's not about my income, it's about other people's income. It's not about my savings, it's about other people's savings. It's not about my investments, it's about other people's investments. It's not about my whatever I need, it's about that other person there. It's a hard one. It's narrow, if you find it. Are you now ready to share the link? Oh, you are deleting. <laughs> We're going to their family group to delete the link. Delete for everyone. <laughs> delete it. <It's> like, <laughs> I thought there was going to be evangelism tonight, but I'm not so sure. Many years ago, okay, that doesn't sound accurate. In 2005, <laughs> I had a long conversation with God for which I have no evidence whatsoever apart from the results that have, have come out of it about planting a church. And it was a dreadful thought. Because I was like, me? No way. To have the word pastor next to my name? No way. No. You can kiss that by. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah. I'm willing to serve you, Lord, in every other capacity except. Except have that terrible, dreaded, shameful word next to my name. Look, I went to Makerere University. I studied architecture. I was a member of the Uganda Society of Architects. On the Architects Registration Board of, of Uganda, I'm architect number 124. I'm the 124th architect to serve this nation. Now, hey! Mbupasta, ah! So, so when we started, although part of it was for strategic purposes to make sure that, you know, people don't feel too important, we decided to go by first names. Mose, B3, what? Yeah. And you know who made that decision? Yeah, some guy who I'll not talk about, but that guy, in the context in which we are moving, he was the only one who was going to be called a title. So he eliminated titles so that we are all equal. Yeah, so when it came to renewing my passport, profession architect. If you go in people who 
when you go in people of, of wise now we are architects first no no that's my side gig pastor <laughs> hey Side also, Pastor. Are you there? Yeah. The people upstairs in the gallery, now they don't seem excited at all about. Okay. So, Munange, like Pastor Angela was sharing with us in the morning, she would have been accountant, computer scientist. We were, yeah, I was also, I had lined until 2018. I was still paying my annual subscription fees as an architect to the architect's registration, but because I could not let go of my place among the architects. Hey. You know those goats they take to, to the grass? Nainga, the front legs are like this. That has been yours truly. God trying to lead him to his destiny. Yeah, 2018, I was still practicing. I'm disappointing a lot of clients because I didn't have the time. Maybe I'll pull him up, oh, me, I'm an architect. Isaiah 2. <laughs> you know, at that point, sense comes eventually. Yeah. At some point, you just say, okay, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and today I'm like, what was that? What were you doing? You were just there, jamming in the white gate. Isaiah 2, let's read together. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Continue, verse 3. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 4. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nations, neither shall they learn war anymore. Shout at your neighbor, do you care? 
If they nod in the affirmative, as if they care, tell them, listen close. Now, in the month of two or three witnesses, the matter is established. So let's read the same scripture in the book of Micah. So that you see that it is word for word, Micah 4, 1 to 3. In fact, if you don't look at the quotation, you'll think you're reading Isaiah 2, 2 to 3. 2 to 4. Uh-huh, together. Let's go. 1, 2, 3. Uh-huh. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. I don't hear you. And peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the Lord shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Next verse. He shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Almost word for word. Just two words I exchange. Nations, peoples. That last part of the text is... A, a depiction of the kingdom of God, the thing which we all yearn for. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No war, no poverty. Yeah? Are you seeing stuff there? If you beat your swords into plowshares, what do you do? You stop fighting, you turn to agriculture. Spears into pruning hooks. You go from violence to productivity. Are you seeing that? You go from destruction to building. Do you want that or you don't want that? Do you want that only in your generation so that then your children live in war or not? I can't hear you. Or you want your grandchildren to be the ones fighting? But you know what precedes that state? The mountain of the Lord's house. Take me back to Isaiah. The mountain of the Lord's house. The mountain of the Lord's house. Being established on top of the mountains. Being exalted above the hills. The result of that is that we go from destruction to productivity, from hell to heaven on earth, the mountain of the Lord's house. So if you care, your best investment in this short life you have here on earth, look, even if it's 100 years, it's short. Even the 120 people who just hold hands and they die together, it's still short. If, if, if your life is to count at all, you have to invest it in the mountain of the Lord's house. Now, let me take you through the details, but I needed to make that point before you walk out. Some of you. 
or switch to another stream on YouTube. It says it shall come to pass in the latter days. Isaiah and Micah are talking about days much, much later after them. They are not talking about their days. They are not talking about their days. And you know from history, if you've studied a little bit, that he's not talking about the temple. Because in these latter days, if you go to Jerusalem to look for the temple, you will not find it. The closest you will come is the wall, the wailing wall. So unless these are not the latter days, but I believe they are, and that edifice that was built by Solomon is not there. So what is he talking about? Ah, quietness presbyter. Today, tonight is exciting in a different way. So just receive the excitement in a different way. Isn't that right? It says, it shall come to pass in the latter days that what? The mountain of the Lord's house, the church. I'm going to get to the point where I prove to you that it is the church, but for now you have to have studied and you have not. You receive it. The church, the Lord's house. What will happen? It shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. Where Kamara comes from, there are hills. Now if you pass where Kamara comes from and you continue towards Sisoro, you start getting mountainous type of experiences. Now when you get one of those and put it on top of the others. Some of you where you come from, the greatest elevation you have ever seen is... Some I have not said anything. You are the only feeling him, so please. <laughs> but think about it. Are these the latter days? Oh, you know some other latter days than these ones. You know. One time we were watching football somewhere. It was Champions League. It's long ago. Yeah. Just for clarity. When Real Madrid had a goalkeeper called Ica Casillas. So they were playing another team, and I don't, I, I'm trying to remember what was happening in the room, but basically people were on the edges of their seats. <laughs> saves after saves, and the guy says, Why you kuwagiromuna for Fabio Kango?
You know the good thing with sports, if you are not playing or you are not being paid to play or you are not paid to be part of the team, you can always choose a team to support and you can always choose a winning one so that you are not depressed every Monday. Am I talking at all? So because I like Formula One, I decided to support a driver who I could sense this one will not bring me a lot of heartbreaks. You know, these things can be real. This season, by the way, Red Bull have an upper hand because they have a really fast car and Lewis is struggling to match their, their speed, but he's still ahead just by two points in the championship. There's a race this Sunday in Turkey. I don't know what's going to happen, but fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, I have a watch which tells me my heart rate. And one time I was home watching the Formula, the Formula One race when it's about to begin. You see, the most exciting part of the race is lights out the beginning you know the time when the, 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 they wave the when the whatever they move and then they go for their formation lap that first lap where it's on the race lap they are going around to warm the brakes because you have to be at the right tire temperature brake temperature everything because when you take off if you are out of temperature you can't take that corner in at 200 kilometers per hour which is the speed at which they take corners. In Formula One, not in Ipsam, in Formula One. Because some of you might go away from here. Then you'll be like, but my thing doesn't have 200 kilometers per hour. How do I deal? Come on now. Okay, Vitz. So, you know when they are going around the formation lap, they are warming the tires, swinging from side to side. Then they come and stop at the start. And the cars behind come and line up and it's about to be lights out. That's when the lights go on. Dunch, dunch, dunch. Five lights, eh? Dunch, dunch. Like in seconds, people at 250 kph, what? Trying to overtake? Ah! So, so I was there seated during the formation lap, towards the end of the formation lap, and my watch buzzed. My watch buzzed. The message came on the watch. We've noticed irregular heart activity. <laughs> You know, 
when what? The notice says that you are not walking. You're not running. As far as they can tell, you're seated or lying down. But the cut rate shouldn't be for a person seated. So the watch had to buzz, buzz. It's like, baby, heart attack coming or something. Like, I don't know who he is. Must be up and their friends. I wish I could tell them back. No, it's just the race is about to start. <laughs> you know, when you are invested in a thing, they are not paying you. First, you are the one who pays for subscription to watch. The only reason I pay for DSTV is Formula One. We've noticed irregular heart activity. <laughs> so, me, I will not name certain teams or whatever, but people support those teams. They must be very firmly rooted in Philippians 4.4. 4. We've lost again, but rejoice in the Lord always again. Relegation is threatening us, but rejoice. Now, what am I saying? It's not a good thing to back a losing team. It's sensible. Find a team that is likely to win and support it. Yeah. You don't have a contract with ex-football club. You don't have a covenant. I hear loyalty and disloyalty. You people, my time. No, I was saying, I've been fortunate over the years to mostly support teams that either win or are close to winning in, in sports. I'm a bad loser. Yeah. I, I, I don't like losing. No. And I hope you also don't like losing. Now, here he says clearly, the mountain that's going to be established on top of the mountains is the one of the Lord's house. Eh? The one where you're not wondering by the time we get into the first corner, what position will we be? They come and tell you, the one that's going to be on top of all the hills is the one of the what? Now you'd think that anyone who went to school can read English, can understand, this is the Lord's house, this is the not the Lord's house, should if you want to win in life, 
It should not be so complicated which one to choose. It should be the mountain of the Lord's house because it's the one that's going to be. Ah, yeah, yeah. Now, what do people do? Mm-mm, I can't have pastor on my name. Architect. They go for passport renewal. Architect. They are signing in on oh, no, no, that thing on the airplane. Architect. What architect? Like, you're, you're backing the wrong horse. That's why your life is slow and insignificant. And God is like, I want to give you significance. Just change. Just come serve me. Serve the Lord's house. Now, for clarity, I'm not saying close your business or quit your job. I'm just saying whatever you do, whichever you do. The Lord's house should be your priority mountain if you want to win. If you want to be on top of the mountains and on top of the hills. Yeah. It says all nations shall flow to it. Isaiah 60:22. A little one shall become. And a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it. That's the word God has given to us. And it's happening. We now have, let me see, one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, eight locations in worship service have more than 1,000 people. And two of the eight have more than 2,000 people. So two locations have 4,000 people. In other words, the eight locations have 10,000 people. And that's just the beginning. Look, look. If you've looked at the history of this church and what God has done in the last one year, you would quickly know if I'm going to live a significant life, I know exactly what to do. Yeah. I know which horse to back. Because now you've been pushing your thing. <laughs> even in COVID, they even cut your salary. Even. Yeah. You are still in the white gate that leads to destruction. The gate of serving the Lord is narrow. Jesus said that the, 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 the harvest is plenty, the laborers are few. Something that is of a chili few, eh? it is of very high value. Yeah. There are some cars that are many, they are plenty in Kampala. They are not, they don't cost a yeah. Then there are some which are what? Few. Yeah, the fewer, the more precious. The moment you decide I'm going to be a laborer in the kingdom, you've joined the premium club of people upon which heaven looks and says, few, few. Some of you, you're trying so hard to be special. You'll never be special. Yeah, it's the only reason you'll ever be special is to serve the Lord. Do you see me here? Do you think I'm not special? 
Do you think being an architect is what makes me special? If your view is just for maintaining life here on earth, the little little one, the reinvestment is serving the Lord. Don't back the losing horse. Here is the painful thing. You can say, mm-hmm. these things are serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. Pastors are poor, what, what. And then you say, okay, okay, pastors are poor, we have a good. Now, you show me your wealth that, that you have amassed as a result of refusing to serve the Lord. Yeah. If, if, if the sacrifice for you to not fulfill God's destiny is because you are going to make money, Kale, at least show me the money. And please don't show me those little, little monies of yours. I make a, I'm paid 5 million a month therefore 10 million a month therefore I will not serve the Lord that's not even money anymore yeah. you can't throw away eternal significance for Uganda shillings you are, you are even paid in Uganda shillings which is even taxed you will not serve the Lord you have to donate 70, 30% to the government. Yeah. Yeah. I told you tonight is special in a special way. I'm here to cause you to think about your life. We are in wonder life. God has given us these words, including this one, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? You're stuck in your hustle. You're serving Pharaoh. Night and day. Day and night. Night and day. Serving Pharaoh. There is no incense. You live in the wee hours, you return in the wee hours. Either way, it is a wee. <coughs> okay. Yeah. You know, for me when people tell me I'm not going to serve the Lord because I'm making money, at least show me the money. He refused to serve the Lord. He has a billion dollars. Okay, Kali. Okay. It was a bad choice, but even you can understand. It's like, it was a bad choice, but even you can understand. I, I'm tempted to use a very bad example. This that doesn't even work even in that example. You know, like they, they catch a certain they caught a certain guy, doesn't fornicating. Yeah. And then when they saw the woman. <laughs> Yeah. 
Like, like if it was, you know, someone who looks like this and that, we would have understood that the brother was actually what? Seriously tempted. Kubanga. Yeah. You know, like King David, Bathsheba, the Bible says something about her and how she looked. Yeah. And then they look at the brother, the brother was going to get like, brother. <coughs> how did the temptation come? <laughs> like, 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 how did you even work this, on this temptation? Yeah. Like when you're heartbroken by a broke guy and you're still heartbroken. It's like, At least, you know, the guy chucked you, what, what, what? But you know he was, okay, we look and say, okay. But the guy who chucked you didn't have a job, didn't have money, didn't have what, he wasn't saved, he was not tall, dark, and handsome. No, and you're still heartbroken. Are you with me? Yeah, some temptation we can almost understand. Like, hey, we look at it. What? Did were you blindfolded? Don't go just. Now, that's the same thing. You refuse to serve God, you are making money. But when we say, Kale, show us the money for which you refuse to serve God. No draga of million, million of time. No, 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 you refuse to serve God for this. Huh? Okay, what? 37,000, anyway. Guys. You know the rich young ruler? Jesus looked at him and loved him and he understood Bambi. The boy has money. He will not follow me, even me as Jesus. I understand. Now you are a fisherman. They are giving you significance. And you refuse to go with a man. What? 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 <laughs> yeah. Until you refused to be one of the 12 foundations of the eternal city of Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. Because the Bible says that the, the 12 foundations are the what? Are the apostles of the Lamb eternally etched in universal history and eternity because you had caught 200 fish that day. <laughs> sit down, sit. <laughs> what is your reason to stay on the other mountains that are down?
Yeah, some wonderful Christians wrote a book, The Seven Mountain Prophecy, The Seven Mountains of Influence. Government, uh -huh. media, entertainment, family, education, business, commerce, yeah, politics is one of them, and then church. They called church just one of the seven. Okay, let's say it's one. It's the one on top of the others. Jeremiah, I have set you over the nations. You're not in there. You know, I was reading Jeremiah and I was shocked because the Lord told him to purchase a plot of land in the city when he was in prison. Yeah. And he called the person who he was supposed to buy the land from because it was a prophetic sign. And he came and he brought the land title and he paid him cash from prison. And then he gave the title to one of the servants to take to the king and say, that says the Lord. Amen! prison. Jeremiah the prophet. Cash down, he was buying land in the city inside the from the prison. You don't want to serve God. As of now, I'm not going to tell you anything about what has happened to my life at a personal level since I surrendered to God, whether financially or any, any other way. Because one, it's none of your business. Two, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe. You stick on Yoka Hill, the one that's down there. Yeah. We are going to change the world. Whether you participate or not, we are sold out. We have set our course. We have set our course. We have evaluated all the options. You see, here is the thing for you who have never planted a church. You might be looking at me saying, Naye, what do you know? Here is the thing, here is what I know. Where you are now, having not planted, I was there before. I, I've been in your shoes. You haven't been in my shoes, so you don't know how glorious this side is. Just a few people here, here, they have been in my shoes. So they know what it means to operate at that level. Moreover, we have just seen little, little. Yeah. It's, when you say it's on top, it's on top. There's nothing that God is doing in my life now that would even remotely ever have happened if I had remained an architect. Yeah. I still have the certificate in my office. Not even remotely. Nothing close. 
in every aspect. Now, verse, many people shall come and say, just sit briefly and I explain something here. You, you, you can stand if you don't want to. But he says, many people shall come and say, come let us go to the mountain of the Lord. Are you with me in verse 3? Because I'm going to show you something. Hmm. I may need to continue with this message in the morning. Come let us go to the mountain of the Lord. <laughs> what does the next line say? To the house of the God Jacob. Now, let me finish then come back. He'll teach us his ways. We shall walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 4, I already told you the result is the kingdom being manifested. But let me show you something about it. It's very interesting. He says, to the house of the God of Jacob. That's a very specific peak. He doesn't say the God of Israel. We know that God changed Jacob's name to Israel. So why is the prophet using Jacob, the old name? He doesn't say the God of Abraham. He doesn't say the God of Isaac. He doesn't say the house of the God of David. The house of the God of Solomon, because Solomon is the one who built the temple anyway. Why does he go for Jacob? Hmm? Give me Genesis 28, 16 to 18. together. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep. This is when he was running away from his brother and he was going. He had on a stick. He found, nightfall found him in a place. He put down his head to sleep and used a stone as a pillow. He was that broke. And then he had a dream and in that dream angels were descending and ascending to heaven in the dream. And this is what he does when he wakes up. Uh-huh, together. And Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, uh-huh, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Uh-huh. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. Jacob said, oh my God, this right here is the house of God. Jacob is the first person in spite of his misdemeanors and problems in the whole Bible to have a revelation about the church. It was Jacob. Jacob was... Are you there? I think tonight I'm teaching with the free spirit. So, If you're not feeling as good as I am, you just know you're feeling the wrong stuff. So, Maybe God is convicting you. Yeah. Jacob was the first person in the Bible to have a revelation about the house of God because no one had ever talked about a house of God. They had never had to build anything. When they worshipped, when Abraham worshipped God, they, they just built altars. They just built altars. They didn't build any tabernacles, nothing. No. The, the idea, the concept of a house of God didn't exist. Because you can't put God in a house. No one ever, ever, ever had the revelation of the house of God. The first person to have it was Jacob. And that was after the revelation of angels descending and ascending. And what did he say? He said, it is the gate of heaven. In other words, the gate is the, is the threshold between two spaces. 
It's the one that separates different spaces. Where I come from in Chitukutwe, there is a gate. Outside that gate is public property. A person can stand there and outside, and I can't do anything. I can't say, why are you standing here? Because they will say, why, why can't I stand here? This is not your land. The moment they come one inch across that into my property, they've entered the kind of place yeah, that we only allow certain things. Because the gate is the threshold. It's the divider between that space and this space. When it says the gate of heaven, it means the house of God, which is the church, is the threshold between the heavenly reality and the earthly reality. And for earthlings to have a taste of heaven, the stuff has to go through the gate, which is the house of God. Or for earthlings to access heaven, to be seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ, it has to go through the gate, the church. Give me the Timothy scripture. Give me the Timothy scripture quickly. First Timothy 3.15, what does Paul say? But if I'm delayed, let's read. Uh -huh. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God and the pillar and ground of the truth. What is the house of God? The church of the living God. Paul is writing about it. Who is Paul quoting? Ancient words. Paul is quoting Jacob. Jacob was the first one to have the revelation that the house of God, that God can be in a house. Of course, Jacob wasn't talking about a house. He was prophesying you and I, the church of Jesus Christ. Take me back to Genesis, quickly, quickly. So this is the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And what does it do? Next verse 18. Then Jacob read, Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put at his head, and what did he do? He set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. Do you know what that is? That's an altar. That's what he had seen his father do. That's what he had seen Abraham do. Every time God spoke to them, every time God gave them a prophetic word, they started praying. They set up an altar. God has been speaking to us about a mighty move of the Spirit. That's why we set up this altar, this word alive, to pray. Because we are anticipating it. That's why he poured oil on top of it. That's the anointing. That's the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Is it any wonder that he rose early in the morning? Rising up a long while before daylight, he went to a solitary place and there prayed. Let me finish Genesis, then take you back so you see the context where we came from in Isaiah. A couple of verses down in verse 22, when Jacob is now praying on that altar, the pillar that he had set up, give me verse 22, this is Jacob's prayer. He makes a vow, start, start in verse 21 so that we make sense of it. Verse 21, okay, verse 20, apologies. Are there people? Then Jacob made a vow. So this, he has set up a pillar. Are, are you following? Are you following, guys? 
Jacob has woken up. He has got a revelation that where he was, even though he was unaware, God was there. And out of the prophetic dream, don't take dreams and prophecies lightly, he starts to say, oh my God, God was here and I didn't know it. Then he takes that stone. He sets it up as a pillar, pours oil on it. He's setting it up as an altar. He calls it Bethel. And then he makes a vow. This is his prayer on that altar. This is Jacob's prayer on that altar. Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me. These are the things God promised him in verse 15. He tell, I said, I will be with you. If God will be with me and keep me in this way, that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. He says, now I will know him for myself. Because when God had come to speak to him in that dream, he told him, I'm the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. He cut him off. He didn't acknowledge that he is his God. But he's like, I'm giving you these promises, and if they come to pass, you will know that I will be your God by experience. So he prays back to him. That's why you should pray according to the word of God, not your emotions. He prays back to him, verse 15, this way, in verse 20 and 21, and says, then, if God does these things, he's on the pillar, he's praying, then the Lord shall be my God. And see what he says in verse 22. Open your eyes, open your spiritual eyes right now. Give me verse 22. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. The church, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The stone, Jacob is saying, this stone here on which I poured oil and I'm praying upon shall be God's house. And what is the other thing he does? And of all that you give me, I will surely give you a, give a tenth to you. If you're still arguing about tithe, just go find another religion. Yeah. Go find some other guy who died for you. Because you have no understanding. You are like the, the mule. You are like an ass that must be led by force. Because you can't take prayer the pillar, away from God's house. If you take away prayer, you can you still call yourself a church? Now, if Jacob, the first person, by the way, to have the revelation about God's house, puts these two things in the same verse, prayer and tithing. So, you, you, you want one of them, right? You're insane. You see, don't, when you're carnal and you try to dabble into spiritual things, it's dangerous. Just stay there in your carnal world. But we are on mission. Do you understand? Yeah. So, verse 3. Isaiah 2 verse 3 
Isaiah 2 verse 3. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up the mountain of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob. The gate of heaven. The place of prayer. The place of generosity. The place of transformation. He says when we go there, he will teach us his ways. And we shall walk in his paths. Are you with me? For out of Zion shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Give me Hebrews 12, 22-24. Out of Zion shall go forth the law. But you have come to Mount Where are the people? For you have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, my goodness, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. How much more does, does it get church than this? And the blood of scribbling. That says, it says, take me back to Isaiah. Those who are understanding are understanding and I'm out of time. It says, out of Zion. What is Mount Zion? The church of the living God. Out of Zion shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, the church of the living God. Mount Zion, the church of the living God. Spirits of just men made perfect. The new covenant. Don't back the wrong team. Don't back the wrong horse. There is no point in people telling lies at your funeral. You have a choice to make tonight. Pastor Angela stood here and said she, could, she, she can die. She has lived. Can you say the same? Many of you can't say that because you've been going with the wide road and the gate and, and you know your life is on its way to destruction, not in the sense that you'll not go to heaven. You'll go to heaven and you'll be the one that he needs to wipe away your tears. Because you realize what a, how, what a waste of life. Stand up and let's pray. Just start praying in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mara bobro leke shege de kusitaka. Brokozi de broho sikataka la magadege sedeke. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 
for the opportunity that you provide us in this church to serve you as pastors, as cohort shepherds, as missional community leaders, as harder leaders, as cluster leaders. Thank you that you've given us the opportunity to participate with the leading team of the latter days. With the leading team of the latter days. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, you've heard the word. I need you to text your location, Pastor. Everyone who's hearing me, those who are here and those who are not here, whether you are a missional leader or not, whatever you stumbled on, text your location, Pastor, if you know them. If you don't, text the number that we always put up, 077. The, the one that's coming on the screen. 0775642449. And just say, I am ready to serve God. I am ready to serve God for the rest of my life. We are not talking about you closing your business or quitting your job. No. we all become pastors who treat us when we fall sick who teach our children who who, will bank our money yeah some people have to do that work but while you do that work you can and should serve the Lord now some of you who are listening to me you know that you are not even in that category Some of you are not in that category of yeah, stay in the bank while serving. You are, you, you, some people here who are listening, you are in the category of leave, na, leave. Yeah, it's time to go. It's time to go and give it your all. Give it your all your time, all your efforts, all your focus. Yeah, there are people, you are in that category. I want you to text your past. I mean, within five minutes of the end of this service, you have to text. Don't pray about it. Because the devil might speak to you in your prayers. Yeah, the devil spoke to Jesus in his prayers. Who do you think you are? Jesus had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights praying when the devil spoke to him. Even he will speak to you to pull out if you wait until you have supper. Send it on an empty stomach. The answer is, it is written. And we have just gone through what is written. The mountain of the Lord's house is calling for laborers, few laborers, special people. I need you to text your pastor. The moment I say amen, text. Include your first name and surname. Those as I'm ready, then they try to find you, they can't know who is this. Yeah, your first name and surname. If you don't know your pastor's number, text your mission or community leader. Who should text your court shepherd? Who should forward to your pastor? And your pastor is going to forward it to me. 
Pastors, I need all those numbers and names for added. Tonight, I'm not going to eat food until I've seen those numbers. Yeah. Opportunity is closing with every birthday you, you celebrate. Every one of your birthdays is a reminder. If you hear the word of the Lord tonight and you reject it, may every one of your birthdays be a reminder of the uselessness of the life you've chosen. Every time you say they sing happy birthday, may you be reminded of how you ran away from the Lord like Jonah. Yeah. Thank you, Father, for your children who are saying yes to service in the mountain of the Lord's house. Who are saying yes to backing that winning team. The one where there is no doubt that our lives will be significant. That when we get to heaven, there will be an assembly of great people saying thank you for answering the call. Thank you for those who are giving courage to text their leaders, their MC leaders, their God shepherds, their zonal pastors, their location pastors, their cluster leaders. Now, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because this message is going to yield so much fruit of millions of people saved for we send it forth for exactly that in Jesus name Amen, Amen, Amen can you hear me celebrate the Lord Jesus who is calling people You may be and you are even in a special category. You have never given your life to Jesus and you are either here in the room or you are watching online. That's the first step. How are you going to tell people about the Jesus you've never met? So just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life. Use me in your house to change lives for generations. Amen. If you pray that prayer, I believe you're born again. The number is the same, 0775-642449. 0775-642449. Please call or text that number. There's a pastor on the other end. We want to reach out to you. Amen. If you're watching, maybe you're here, you've never speak, spoken in tongues, just receive it. Tonight, you're going to speak in tongues. Tonight. By the time you reach home, by the time you sleep, something tonight. By, before sunrise, you'll be speaking in tongues. I got very many testimonies of some people who are around who have someone spoke in tongues for the first time yesterday. I've been hearing many of them. Some today, others by accident. Yeah, because there is a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. See you tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock.
you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. Territory